Okay. Well, now that we got the music out of the way, hooray. Yay for us. This is your best friend in the watch business, Lee Jackson, America's finest watchman, back with you again. Get rid of all those phonies, two, four flushers, whatever they are. I've dealt with them all. I've dealt with bad people on your side of the fence, bad dealers, bad everything. I've seen it all, the good, the bad, and I mean the ugly. So here I am trying to tell you after 50 years, what in the heck to do if you want to collect watches and not get ripped off and enjoy yourself. That's what this is all about. Giving you the power to, to get the greatest watches and enjoy them. So we started off last week with paddocks. And I wanted to continue our talk. Because paddock, I mean, I could do show after show after show on these fine watches. And probably eventually I will. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about some of the better paddocks that I see. Now, I told you about Cala Travis last time. There's another one that's pretty popular. No one's really copied it. It's called an Eclipse. Or Ellipse. I think it's, yeah, it's Ellipse, not Eclipse. Ellipse. And it's kind of a tank, but rounded, like almost oval looking. Very famous paddock. Came on, I think, in the 70s or 60s. They're probably still making some form of it. And it's a nice look. But they made one that had a beautiful, and I don't say that lightly, blue dial that was really, really cool. They're a little effeminate looking because they're kind of round, ovalish looking. They're not, you know, squared off, kind of oval on the corners, cut corners, but round. But it's a good look. And you got to be a mature person to wear it. It's not going to look good on a young person, I don't think. But they're nice looking watches. They come with solid gold bracelets and non-solid gold bracelets, you know, on a strap. Very nice look. Ellipse is great. Make them for women, make them for men. Very cool. Now, a lot of paddocks that you find on the pre-owned market have gold bracelets. And they're very uh, overblown looking, you know, too fancy almost. When I first got into collecting, I thought paddocks were hideous because all I saw were these ugly gold bracelet paddocks and paddocks with the diamonds and stuff on them. And, you know, somebody bought a paddock and tricked it up, put all kinds of goodies on it, or they bought it all fancy. And I'm not into that. I want to watch. I don't want a piece of jewelry. If I want a piece of jewelry, I'll buy a piece of jewelry. But I'm really not into it. I'm into paddock for paddock for the greatest watch in the world. Okay. I think Paddock and Vacheron are vying for one and two. So some people will tell you Vacheron's number one. Some people say Paddock. I say Paddock edges Vacheron, even though I love Vacheron to death. I think Paddock edges Vacheron. But you don't have as many Paddocks made as Vacheron, so there's not as many on the pre-owned market. There aren't as many interesting styles in Paddock as there are in Vacheron. I'm talking about older ones. The newer ones, yes, they got plenty. There's great-looking styles. We're talking about older and the reason we're talking about older is because that's affordable for people like me, people like you. I mean, if you want to go out and spend 100, 200 grand on a paddock, 50 grand, God love you. It's not my niche. It's not my market. Yes, I do get them. Yes, I do sell them. But do I collect them for myself? No. Why? Um, I'm not big into tons of complications. I've told you before. When you have big complications on a watch, you have a lot more to go wrong with it. And are you going to use them? 
you know, people in business had a lot of money would get these paddock pocket watches that had like seven different things it had a barometer it had a compass. It had a chronograph. It had the moon phase. It had the day and the date and the, this and the, that. I mean, that's really cool, but are you going to use it? If you were going to buy a wristwatch by paddock that had all those complications or most of those, that's something you'd have to wear every day. And I don't do that. Besides the fact they look really beautiful and people can spot them. If you get a regular, more, less complicated, plainer, more plain paddock, they look not as, they don't stand out as much. The newer ones, maybe. But remember, new paddock started about twelve dollars or $14,000. So if you want to go out and spend that, God love you. That's not what this whole podcast is for. And that's not what I'm all about. I'm all about getting a deal. This, the whole thing is the chase. And then once you capture your prey, you get to enjoy it. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Sorry. So you have all these paddocks with gold bracelets, and most of you are going to go, I don't want a gold bracelet. Well, some of the gold bracelet paddocks, and this goes for other brands too, can be converted. If you could get a good enough deal on the gold and the paddock, you might want to think about maybe cutting off the gold bracelet and having lugs put on it. Yes, it's going to cost, but you got gold there you can sell too. Now, I don't really recommend it unless you're absolutely in love with it, because it's going to be complicated and cost. But you could. Um, also, when I look at older paddocks, they're smaller again. Like I looked at a little platinum paddock. It was like 24 millimeters across, which is really small. And I can get away with it because I like smaller watches, but maybe you can't. And the other thing is if I'm wearing casual outfit, a small, like a little tank on my wrist doesn't look good. I have my Vacheron pinky, I call it. I have a, a gold, rose gold Vacheron that I'm absolutely in love with, a tank rose gold, which eventually I'll show you. And it's small. I love it to death, but I can't wear it all the time. I got to wear a long sleeve with pants to wear that watch. If I wear short sleeves, it doesn't look good. More sporty looks good. So you got to have something. I mean, how many watches are you going to buy? One for this, one for that. Think about what you're going to do. If you're just going to buy one paddock, my suggestion would be either keep one for dress or keep one that you can wear all the time. Um, I love it. Okay, so I'm looking at this paddock. Uh, it looks like a 20s. I'm going to tell you how you can tell how old these are. So let's go backwards. First of all, when you have hands that have luminous paint in them and luminous paint on the dial, that's pretty old. And tanks, that's probably 20s. Also, in the 20s, they had these open moon hands. They're little like semicircle hands where they have a hole in them. They're solid and they have a hole with a little point at the end. They're called moon hands. They're from the 20s. That's another way you can tell. Um, also, again, you want to look at the, you can look at the movement tells you a lot. How many jewels? There's also most movements are numbered in paddocks. And you can read that number. And if you go online, there is a list of those numbers and the production date. Same thing with Vacheron. Same thing with Rolex. Although Rolex is more, goes all the way up to now. Some of these watches only start like in the know, 30s, 40s. Rolexes go like almost all the way back. So you want to look at the movement. 
What does the movement look like? How many joules? So let's take a look at this one. This is a very old movement. 18 joules. So Paddock's always had 18 joules. This is a very early movement I'm looking at. Uh, it has a number, but I can barely read it. But I guarantee it's from the 20s. Looks like almost like a three-finger bridge pocket watch. Very good quality. And this is a hinged case. Remember we talked about hinge cases? They actually have a hinge on them. They don't snap together, screw down. They hinge together and snap. And those are 20s. Those are early. And a lot of times those hinges break. And if you can still put the watch together with no hinge, it's fine. I mean, I have one or had one that had the hinge was broken. It was fine. It just didn't swing out. You have to take the back off. Big deal. So that's kind of the things you look at. And again, size. And the one I'm looking at right now, let me get a size on it. There's no size, of course. Yeah, the, the, I don't see a size. So that's, that's a red flag right there. No size. So that means you're going to take a shot. So the first thing I would do if I was really interested is say, hey, what's the diameter of the size of the case? Diameters of the case. I'm not afraid to ask. Why would I be afraid to ask? Why not? I mean, you're going to put out that kind of money. Uh, then you want to stay away from weird looking designs. In the 60s and 70s, all these watch companies had some really strange designs. Uh, the biggest offender in my book is Omega. They got some really bizarre designs, strange looking stuff. And if you like that look, great. But if you're trying to get something that's going to be classic forever, I don't know if that works. Um, another biggie is if you can find Paddock and Tiffany on the dial, because Tiffany retailed a lot of different companies' watches, and they put their name right on the dial. So it would say, like, Paddock Philippe, Tiffany and Company. And all that means is Tiffany and Company retailed it for Paddock. Um, so let's see, what is this? So you're going way back on this one I'm looking at. It's very early. Um, case diameter, 33 millimeter. So it's early, early, early. 33 is kind of small. Today, that would be a midsize watch, but this one is gorgeous. And it looks like it has swing lugs in it. It does. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Rose gold, beautiful. But they want a lot of money for this beauty. And remember, because it's old, it's going to be more delicate. It's going to, got to keep it away from moisture. Don't wash your hands with it on. Don't do anything that could get water into it. No way. You don't want that. That is like the kiss of death for watches. Okay, so here's another ellipse. Now, again, an ellipse is just a manual wine watch, but it's kind of a rounded, uh, like a tank style, but rounded. And the one I'm looking at has that beautiful blue dial, which I think is, it's a very muted blue, but it's pretty. It's not bright like the newer watches have these bright blues. They didn't do that stuff. All right, so there was a lady's I should say there is a lady's watch by Paddock called the Neptune. The Neptune. And it's a sport watch a la Rolex. It's got an interesting looking band. It's got a, uh, looks like an engine turned bezel with lines on it and a copper dial, stainless steel, small, but it's nice for a woman and it's quartz. So if you want to buy your lady something, this is a beautiful watch to buy. I don't think it's very old, probably 10, 15 years old and not cheap just because it's paddock and it's stainless steel, not cheap. Yeah, it's got a beautiful dial. It's got a copper dial with big Romans. It's got a big bezel on it, and it's got a very interesting design 
kind of like a brick watch, almost like a Cartier, but they're multifaceted, these uh, links and the bricks in the link. Really cool. Very cool. 27 millimeters. Beautiful watch. Now, there's also uh, a man's watch. Oh, here's an interesting one. It's a diamond. It's got a really cool, wow, it looks like a Greek something. It's got like a Greek design on the dial. It's a paddock tank. Um, is it quartz? It doesn't say. Let me see if it's quartz because it's a very interesting looking watch. Very small though. Very small. So small men's watches could easily be worn by women. This one's 30 millimeters, top to bottom, 24 and a half wide. So that's small. So that would be a woman's watch. Even though it was a man's, it's going to be small. Now, I also wanted to say, I used to get these smaller vintage watches and a lot of women would buy them. They were men's watches originally, but they're smaller and they look really nice on ladies. I always promoted that and said, you know, ladies, buy one of these. You'll love it. And they did. And I saw what they look like with a strap. And I'm not talking about paddock. I'm talking about anything of this size. Hamilton's, Benrus, who cares? Omega, anything. They look really nice on women. And I promoted that for a long time because I liked the way it looked on ladies. I thought it was a cool look, a little bit bigger than they're used to. Not of today with their giant, they have these huge ones. But they were nice. So if you see a mid-size, that's what I call them. A woman could wear it or a smaller sized man, but be prepared. Don't buy something like this without fully checking the size. Because once you buy it, you can't say, well, I thought it was going to be bigger, so I don't want it. You know what they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you to pound sand, baby. You bought it. You don't want to make that mistake. You really don't. So um, let's get to let's get to some more complicated paddocks. Because when you're in, like I'm in the six, seven thousand range, I'm still in regular manual lines. I'm not even in automatics. Because when you start to get to the automatics, they get more expensive. You start to get to the more complicated watches, they get more complicated. Okay, here's their newer watch. It's called a Patek Philippe 20-4. It's a ladies' watch. It's a round watch with very blocky numbers. A lot of times they have diamonds around the bezel and they have almost like a flat link bracelet, like a heavy oyster bracelet, but it's, it's integrated to the band. It's integrated to the case. I should say it's all, it looks like it's all part of one thing. They're in stainless steel. They sometimes have diamonds. I think they're automatics and this one's 30 grand. So it ain't cheap. Believe me when I tell you it ain't cheap, but when you get, when you go for the finest watch in the world, that's what you get. Okay, so I got to take a quick break here. We're going to have some more fun looking and talking about paddocks as soon as I come back here. So hang tough. I'll be right back. Okay, break's over. I feel like it's I feel like it's back to school or something. Break's over. Get back to your seats. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Um, wow. So Patty came out because of the pressure from Rolex with a 
a luxury sport watch with a metal bracelet. Pata came out with their version. It was called the Nautilus. It's a nice looking man's watch. It's a little stodgy, the design, a little, but it's still nice. I mean, it's classy though. And I'm sitting here, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at one for sale. It's a lot of money, $105,000. Oh, it's a new one. That's why it's 40 millimeters. You know what they did? They brought them back. Wow. They brought them back bigger, which is smart. But can you imagine for a stainless steel watch? A hundred and five thousand. I mean, good watches. Prices have gone absolutely insane. Prices have gone cuckoo. There's no market for me to go on TV and show you Rolexes and so on when they're just so damn expensive that I can't get them to, to turn them around and give them to you for less than you can get them everywhere. And I can still make some sort of a profit on it to keep the lights on. Can't do it. So that's why in the old days, people would ask me for like, Hey, you got any Daytonas? I couldn't get them where you'd buy them. If I did get one, I'd have to get like 10 grand and no one wanted to pay that. They wanted to get closer to 56 or 5,800, which was list, but not going to happen. So I had a lot of people that asked me for stuff. Now, Paddock also made a deal with a big jewelry company called Gooblin. And they put their name on Gooblins or Gooblin put their name on Paddock's and they retailed them through Gooblin. And those are worth something too. The Tiffany ones are the best ones. If you can find a Tiffany dial that says Rolex or Paddock or Bashar or something like that, get it. It's great. Rolexes especially. Paddock's are good too. So now I'm in like the, I don't know, 7,000 close to it. And I'm still saying regular, regular paddocks, tanks, rounds. I don't know. Their tanks, I don't know why. Their tanks just don't, don't do it for me. This one's completely textured. The dial is golden textured. The bezel's textured, but it looks too fancy. I don't like it. You know, that. What what was the standard years ago may not be the standard today. Just like looking at clothes from the 50s, the 40s. You're not going to wear them today, but yet you can get away with wearing old watches because some of them are so timeless, so beautiful. You could wear them today like, like never before. Um, so when you start to get into the more complicated paddocks, which I still have not even seen, and I'm looking and looking and looking. I'm online playing around looking. Uh, here's one I like to talk about, a top hat. <sighs> one of my favorite of all time. There was a case called the top hat. And it's a beautiful tank case, kind of step tank. It's very Art Deco looking. And everybody used it. You can find paddock top hats, Vacheron, you name it. The case, I don't think the case was made by them. I think the case was made by somebody. And these watch companies bought the case and put their materials in it. Let me see. No, this one actually says Paddock. So Paddock did make this case. Love it. But I've seen them where the case is a contract case, which means somebody else made that case for everybody. And people bought it and just put their movements in and called it that. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. 40s, um, probably 40s into the late 40s, early 50s, but gorgeous watch. I mean, if I were going to buy a, an antique, I should say a vintage Paddock, that I was going to keep for myself. I would go for that in a minute. Love that watch. Love that watch. But let's get into the newer ones. Let's see how much are newer paddocks going for. 
I'm in over seven grand and I'm still not seeing anything that's newer. I'm still seeing pretty much vintage. Here's a minty one. Here's a Calatrava, but it's a ladies. Remember, we want to stay away from ladies. Um, how about a world time? Paddock's very famous for their world time watch. They can go upwards of a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars And what it is, is a watch that has usually a map of the world in the center, like a cloisonné map of the world. And then you have, you have hands. The hour hand has a big circle in it. Big. I mean, large circle with a pointer at the end. And the other is a dagger hand, the minute hand. And there's no numbers on the dial except for 24 hour numbers. That's about it. And there's a lot of names like Hong Kong, Sydney, Bangkok, Tokyo, Auckland, Midway, Hawaii, Anchorage, Denver, Mexico, La Paz, Azores, London, Paris, Cairo, Moscow. And what you do on this watch is you set it so that you can, if you take the names, they're on a circle on a disc. And if you line up the name of where you're closest to, to the time, the hour, you can look across and see what the time would be in other places. For example, this watch, believe it or not, the picture I'm looking at is set to like, I think, uh, Moscow. So it would be like 10, 10 in Moscow. I don't know whether it's night or day. Oh yeah, I do. It's morning. But they don't have the set right. Seven. Let me see how they set it right. Yeah, this is not set properly. You need to set the little chapter ring that has the numbers on it to the same number you have and then the and the place there too. And then you can look across and see it would be 1700 hours in Hawaii and so on. These are very desirable watches. They've been making them a long time. They're still making. You can still get it. It's not something that, uh, you know, is beyond reach, but it's a lot of money. They're very expensive. They're in gold cases. You don't see them in stainless ever. And they have a lot of complications. If you think about it, it tells you the time and anywhere in the world mechanically. And those are very desirable. Very desirable. Okay, so let's see what else I can find. Uh, ladies gondolo, but not a man's. A lot of ellipse. A lot of calatravas, but there's usually calatravas are like 33 millimeters, which is small. Be careful. If you get the newer ones, the later ones are bigger. So you got to be very, very careful what you're doing. Because again, if you spend this kind of money, there's no going back. And you're buying virtually sight unseen. You don't know. It's a picture. That's why it's better to have a place where you trust the people and you can actually go see it. Or like I used to show on TV, I'd show every inch of the thing backwards, forwards, close-ups. What you saw is what you got. And if there were defects, I would make sure you saw them on TV and say, look, here you go. You got to see this. Um, I see I'm looking at a newer Calatrava. What size is it? But it's white gold with a hobnail bezel, which is a textured bezel. It's pretty nice. Got a paddock band and a paddock buckle. And their buckles are very strange looking, by the way. Paddock buckles are bizarre. Um. I'm going to go over that in a minute. Oh, there's a woman's. Forget it. There's a woman's. But let's talk about paddock buckles because they have the strangest buckle. Their buckle is a very strange design. And the bad part about their buckle, 
to use with other watches is it's a very small buckle. So real paddock bands tapered way down at the end, even men's watches. So if you buy one of these buckles and try to put it on with a regular non paddock band leather strap, it usually won't work. So you got to be careful and they're not cheap to buy. That buckle is not cheap. So I tell you, watch out, watch out, baby. Also, also, if you buy a solid gold bracelet on a watch, make sure the length, because it's very hard to add back. Very hard. There are some tricks. I've, I know I've talked about it, but to add back and make it look original, very hard to do. And if you could, very expensive. Better to get one too big and cut it down than get one too small and try to build it back up. Cost you a fortune. So what you should do is take your take a, a uh, soft tape you know, like a tape measure for dresses and, and slacks like a tailor would use and put it around your wrist. And make sure, because with a solid bracelet watch of gold, there's not a lot of adjustments. It has to be exact. And if you gain or lose weight, oh, well, too bad, kind of. So what I'm trying to do now is I am trying to find some better I see a lot of these 20-4 ladies diamond steel watches. It's a beautiful watch. It's a tank watch. It looks more like a Cartier than a Rolex. And they have diamonds and they're stainless steel. It's a beautiful watch. Very nice. Not austere. Beautiful. And pre-owned, they're going for around $8,000. Which, believe it, I think they're quartz, too. Let me see. I think they're quartz. See, women don't collect watches. They buy watches to wear and enjoy. They don't do that. Um, doesn't say. Yeah, if it's running, it's probably automatic. I don't think they're making them in quartz anymore. I really don't. Um, also, you to get links, like here's a link. Here's a stainless steel 17 millimeter link. They got the number $325 for one stainless link on a paddock. So it's like buying a Rolls Royce and saying, why am I paying $5,000 for a brake job? That's kind of what happens. Uh, they also made a beautiful watch for ladies called La Flamme. La Flame. It's beautiful. The hands look like twisted gold. Really beautiful. Uh, it's got a very interesting, kind of like the U-Link bracelet on a Tag Heuer, but nicer, more like rope, like a, like a Hirachi or something. Beautiful in gold for ladies. I think it's quartz. It looks like 80s, 90s to me, but it's still a gorgeous watch. Just beautiful. Let's see the length. It doesn't tell you. See, I would ask how long is the bracelet? Because if it's too short, you're kind of screwed. You don't want to do that. You don't want to buy that. You don't want to make that mistake. Okay, so as we get to the more expensive paddocks, and I think I'm going to have to continue this because I'm at like nine, ten thousand. I haven't even got to the good ones yet. You know, how much is a paddock chronograph? How much is a paddock moon phase? What can I say? They're not cheap. Paddocks are expensive. And do you want a classic paddock or you want something that looks fancy from the 70s, 80s, 90s with a gold bracelet? There's lots of over the top paddocks. Believe me when I tell you, lots of them especially on the pre-owned market, because that's what people bought. They figured if I'm going to buy a paddock, I want it to be tricked out. I want it to look really fantastic. I want people to look at it and say, what the hell is that? You know, like here's a 1934 18 karat gold paddock. Beautiful. 
It's got a gold applied number 12 o'clock. It's got a very thick bezel on it. That's not, it's long, but it's, uh, it's narrow, but long, which is nice. You can still use it. Let's see what it says. Yeah, it's 22 millimeters. It's, it's very, very narrow. Um, I don't know what the length is, but it's very nice. It's a beautiful watch. 1934 paddock. It's really pretty, but they want like nine grand. Yeah, and they even have stuff from the archives because you can send watches back to paddock and get them authenticated. They charge. It's not cheap, but you can do that. And if it comes with it, that's <clears throat> great. Take it. Take it. What the hell? Uh, paddock did not do <clears throat> a lot of fancy lugs like Vacheron did. Vacheron did like teardrop lugs, which I think are just stunning on older watches. They did. Paddock did not do the uh, variations on their lugs as much as Vacheron. Vacheron was the king of weird lugs that I think are just so cool. That's another reason. I have an old Vacheron that has teardrop lugs, and I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, so we are coming to the end of this. If you can find yourself a Paddock man, do it. So we're going to get into the better Paddocks next time around. And I do thank you. It's been a pleasure. This is the master of disaster, the master of mirth, Lee Jackson, signing off. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tell your friends, tell your ma, tell your pa, tell your friends in Arkansas. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>